weekend, and man, it's been great already, and a lot of people came to church this holiday weekend. How many of you know that God is a miracle-working God? Amen? So we're going to talk about miracles today. We're going to continue to talk about miracles, and I want you to turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Amen. And in a few moments, we're going to pray for miracles. We're going to pray for miracles of healing. And we've been hearing some incredible stories of what God is doing in the lives of people this week and last week through the miracle series. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. And the man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Now today I want to help us to position ourselves to receive a miracle of healing in our life. Now this story is a very interesting story. It's about a young man who at one point in his life has all the dreams that are ahead before him and um, he is really believing that you know, something great's going to happen in his life. And one day, he sees a little spot on his arm. And he gets a little concerned, but he thinks to himself, that's ah, probably nothing. So maybe a little infection, a rash. But then that little spot turns into a bigger spot. Into a bigger spot. And he starts to get worried and concerned. There's something more than that. Well, now he can't hide it. And his family begins to see that spot growing and growing. And so his family says, you need to go to the priest because the priest needs to see if you have leprosy. And in those days when somebody got leprosy, they were isolated completely from the crowd. And so here's this young man who has dreams ahead of him, who's now filled with fear as he goes to the priest. Now you might say, why did he go to the priest instead of the doctor? Well, because leprosy was so bad that he actually needed the man of God to comfort him because the man of God knew that this young man, whatever age he might have been, would have to now be isolated from anyone and everyone. And he had a definite, definitely a death sentence on his life. He was about to die. And so in, in those days when someone contacted leprosy, they were not only isolated, but they, they truly were not allowed to go into the temple. They were not allowed to go back to their, nothing. They had to be totally isolated from the rest of the world. And now... He, he hears that this Messiah is coming to town. How he heard that, I don't know, but he saw, he heard. And Jesus is now, he's on the mountaintop and he's ministering to the people. He is ministering the word of God. Now let me tell you something. Anytime the word of God is spoken, miracles can happen. Come on, somebody say amen. Anytime the word of God is spoken, miracles can happen. And Jesus always ministered the word before he healed the sick. Why? Because it's the Word that changes our lives. It's the Word that brings balance in our life. It's the Word that brings health into our life. It's the Word that brings healing in our life. It's the Word that sets us free. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word will never pass away. That's what the Word of God says. Amen? The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And Jesus is ministering to the crowds. And now he begins to pray for those that are sick. He begins to pray for those that are demon-possessed. And the Bible says he prays for so many people. And when he's done, he begins to leave the mountain. And the leper, he is watching from a distance. Why? Because he can't get close to anyone. It's not allowed. 
And so he's way off in the distance and he sees Jesus coming down and a ray of hope hits his heart and he believes that maybe somehow I can get to Jesus and he can cleanse me. Maybe I can get to Jesus and I'll be healed. And somehow, amazingly, he gets around Jesus' bodyguards, that's his disciples, and he falls at Jesus' feet. And the Bible says that the first thing he does is he worships Jesus. Let me tell you something about worship. Singing songs before the preaching of the word is not something we do because we don't know how to fill time. You're a very busy people. We don't need to take up your time. We worship God because in the midst of worshiping God, in the midst of raising our hands and saying, God, you're an awesome God, we get a revelation from God. And when we get a revelation of who he is, anything can happen. Come on, somebody. Say amen. Anything can happen when we get a full revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And so he begins to worship God. Let me tell you, you need to learn how to worship God. You need to learn how to get up in the morning and the first thing you do is look to the hills where your help comes from. Look to the Lord. Turn your face totally to God. You see, I believe in, in Facebook. I love Facebook. I love seeking the face of God, and I love to open up the book to see what God has to say. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And that's what we need. We need a Facebook generation, those who seek the face of God and open up the book of God. Come on, so that we can receive a revelation from God. And this young man falls at the face of Jesus, and he worships him, and then he says, Lord, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, Lord, you can make me clean. Now, here's the interesting thing. This man received a revelation from God about who Jesus Christ was. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And his disciples said, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist and you came back to life. And some people say you're Elijah. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And they kind of questioned a little bit, but, but, but then Peter got a revelation from God. Let me tell you something. When you're in the presence of God, and when the Holy Spirit's working in your life, he's always going to reveal who Jesus Christ is to you. And by the Holy Spirit, Peter rises up and he says, why, you are the Son of God. You're the Messiah. And Jesus said, flesh and blood, no man has told you this. You have received the revelation from God. And upon this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Come on, somebody. And so he received the revelation from God. Somewhere between his point of desperation and reaching Jesus, the leper had received the revelation from God. That this was not just a carpenter. This was not just merely a man. This wasn't even an angel. This was the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. And he falls at the feet of Jesus and he says, Lord. Curious is, is the word in the Greek. And the word Lord in the Greek means this. One who has authority to do whatever he wants to do. One who has authority to do whatever he wants to do. One who has authority. Wow. So what he was really saying is, is Jesus, you have the authority to do whatever you want to do. If you want to, you can heal me. And friends, I want to tell you today that we need a new revelation of who Jesus Christ is. He cries out and says, Jesus, you are Lord. And you can do whatever you want to do. You see, this story is a story of absolute desperation. This story is a story of a broken man who's on death row. 
and he has no hope in his life, and he needs a miracle of healing. This is a story of a man who needs a miracle. This is a story about a man who humbles himself, and he worships God. And at, at the point of his need, God gives him a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. You see, the first thing I see in this story is that this man was given a revelation of the greatness of Jesus. You see, the leper went home healed because he recognized the authority of Jesus. He recognized the power and the ability of Jesus. And in calling Jesus Lord, the leper was saying, Jesus, you're Lord over my sickness. Jesus, you're Lord over my disease. Jesus, you're Lord over everything. And it's this revelation that motivates the leper to run to Jesus and humble himself before Jesus and say, Lord, if you're willing, I know that you can do it. In other words, he was absolutely convinced about the power and the authority of Jesus. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples that if you believe anything that I say, because I'm going to the Father in my name, you can receive it. If you say to that mountain, be cast into the sea, it will be done. If you have faith in what? In me. He said, believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. Why? Because I have the power to do whatever I want to do. And so it was the same revelation that motivated not only this leper, but the centurion who came to Jesus. You remember the story, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. If you go down, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, in the context of this whole story, it's all about authority. It's all about the authority of Jesus from the beginning of Matthew 8 to the end of Matthew 8. And so now we find this centurion, and he comes to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, he said, my servant is dying. He is ill. He said, and I want you to come. He said, I want you to pray for my servant. And Jesus said, no problem. I'll come. And what did the centurion say? He said, don't even bother to come to my house. He said, just say the word. He said, I'm an evil man. He said, you don't even need to come to my house. All you have to do, Jesus, is just say the word. Come on, everybody say, Jesus, just say the word. Just one word. Just one glimpse, just one touch of the master's hand, and we're going to be made whole. Amen? Just say the word. Say it again. Jesus, just say the word. See, it was all about authority. Why? Because the centurion says, hey, Jesus. He said, I'm a Roman centurion. And you know what? I'm a commander. And I say to one, you come, and he comes immediately. I say to another one, get out of my face, and he's gone. Why? Because I'm a man of authority. And Jesus is absolutely blown away. And he says, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. You see, faith is understanding that God can do it, and God will do it. Faith is understanding that I'm hoping for something, but I'm sure that God can get the job done. Glory to God. Faith is saying, I know that God can heal me. I know that God can deliver me. I know that God can meet my need. I know that God can give me a miracle today. Somebody shout and say amen. Glory to God. You see, Matthew chapter 8 verse 10 says, when Jesus heard this, he was astonished. He was amazed. Why? Because when everyone else was saying, who is this man? And what authority does he have? And who has given him this authority to do the things that he does? This leper was saying, I know who this man is. He's Lord. And he has the authority. You know, the Pharisees, they were always questioning Jesus' authority. It's all about authority. 
They were questioning Jesus' authority. What makes him think he can do what he does? Who gave them that authority anyway? You know what? They were always a, you know, uh, about position and authority. Who told him he could do that? The high priest didn't give him permission to do that. One time Jesus was healing the sick. And the house was so filled with people. They were desperate. They needed a miracle that no one else could get into the house. And there were four guys who understood. They got a revelation of the authority of Jesus. It's always about authority. And man, when you know the power of Jesus, you press in no matter what it takes, you press in because you know that he's got the authority. And so they couldn't get in the house. And so they cut a roof, a hole in the roof, and they lowered their friend down. And their friend now is laying right before Jesus. And Jesus has to smile a little bit because he knows what they're thinking. He knows the Pharisees are thinking. Who has given him the, the authority to do all these things? And so now he's kind of sarcastic and he's very provocative. And he says to the young men, he says, you know what? Your sins be forgiven you. And Jesus knows their thoughts and they're saying, who can forgive sin but God alone? And Jesus says, so that you might know that the Son of God has authority on earth, has power on earth, rise up and walk. And the man left walking. Why? Leaping and walking. Why? Because Jesus has the authority. And I'm praying for you today that you would get a revelation that Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh, and we saw His authority, the authority that came from the Almighty God. He was full of grace and truth. I'm praying that you would get a revelation as Paul the Apostle had a revelation in Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. By him and through him and for him and because of him all things were created. Jesus is the creator of the heavens and the earth and they're all everything that we see around us is all held together by his hand. Come on somebody. Jesus is the one who created and Jesus is the one who holds all things together. He's God. Man, and if he can hold the world together, friends, he's got a miracle for you. If he can hold the whole world together, then he can hold your life together. I said, if he can hold the whole world together, then he can hold your life together. Come on, somebody. You see, I'm praying that you get a, a, a revelation of the authority of Jesus, that when Jesus says something, it gets done. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what is this teaching? With authority and power, he gives orders to evil spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout all the surrounding areas. And Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in them the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because of the authority is his. What does that word authority mean in the Greek? Well, the word authority is exousia, which means the power or the right to do something particularly to give orders and to see that they are followed through. The word authority is used in the Bible usually to mean a person's right to do a certain thing because of the position and office that he holds. Jesus is God, so he can do whatever he wants. So when the leper fell at the feet of Jesus, he was saying, Lord, you have the authority and the power to heal me. He recognizes Jesus' authority, his power, his ability. And he says, you know what? I know you can do it. But secondly, he says, but I just wonder, are you willing to do it? You see, he received the revelation of the authority of Jesus. Now, he needed to receive a revelation of the willingness of Jesus. 
Because here, that's the point here. How many of you believe today that God is able to give you a miracle? How many of you believe that God is able to heal the sick? How many of you today, you, you, you believe with all your heart that God created everything? Hallelujah. That all just with one word, God can do whatever he wants to do. You see, the problem isn't that we don't believe that he exists. We have a problem believing that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have a problem believing, but will he do it? We wonder, is it my day for a miracle? Is it God's will for me to receive a healing in my body? You see, if you settle that issue in your life, then you'll be committed to receiving a miracle in your life. You'll be positioned to receive a miracle in your life. Friends, let me tell you, the Bible is God's will. And everything about the Word of God screams out to you and I that God is a healer. In fact, He said, I am the Lord who healeth all of your diseases. That's who he is. See, you need to get a revelation of who he is and what is his will for your life. And friends, it doesn't take a theologian nor a scholar to read the Bible, to read the Word of God and see that it's God's will that he might heal your body. That God wants to heal you. You see, I think what keeps us from receiving so often a healing in our body, what keeps us from pressing in and, and, and praying and asking God until the answer comes. What keeps us from standing firm and believing for our healing is not being sure of God's will when it comes to healing in our life. But you see, prayer, listen to me. I want you to write this down. I want you to take a, a pencil out, a pen out. I want you to take out a crayon, mascara, whatever you got. And I want you to write this down. And I want you to put it on Facebook. Prayer is not overcoming the reluctance of God, but it is laying hold of the willingness of God. Let me say that again. Prayer is not overcoming the reluctance of God, but it is, it is laying hold of the willingness of God. God is willing. That God loves us with an everlasting love and that he wants to heal us. You see, it's not enough to recognize God's power alone. We've also got to be convinced of his willingness. That's faith. That's faith when we believe with all of our heart that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That if God said it, that settles it. That if I can find the promise in God's word, then I can know that every promise that is found in God's word is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That when I look into the word of God and I see the things that God did in the past, then I know that God will also do it for me. Why? Because number one, I want to share this. This is so powerful. Why did Jesus heal the sick in the New Testament? Because he did it in revealing to you and I the will of the Father. That every time he laid his hands on a sick person, every time he cast out a demon, every time he performed the miracle, he was screaming out and he was saying, this is the will of my Father in heaven. And when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you believed in me, you believed in the Father. When you see the will that I have to heal you, then you know that your Father has that same will to reach out and touch you and to heal you. See, this is how much God loves us. That he wants to make us whole. And when Jesus laid his hand on every person and healed every single one of them, he was crying out, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Wow. So that leper cried out, if you're willing, and Jesus cries back, I am willing. And Jesus is saying to you this morning, he's still willing to heal your diseases. 
He's still willing to touch your, your heart and your life. In the last service, God gave us words of knowledge. God gave me a word of knowledge that there was a man here, a person here that had a problem with his eye. And I said, it's your right eye. I said, and you need to be healed of it. Young man came over to me right after the service, said that was a word for me. Doctor said, I'm going blind in this eye. I laid my hands on him and I believe that he's healed by the power of God. Come on, somebody. God doesn't give us a word. God doesn't give us a word without giving us the miracle. Come on, somebody. God doesn't give us a word without the miracle. Young lady, Lindsay, she was in the second service. God gave her uh, uh, the grace to continue to live on. Why? Because the doctor told her over six months ago that she had one month to live. Her heart was failing her. She was so weak. She was in the hospital bed. We would have to bring food to her. But we prayed as a church, and we prayed that God would heal her. Hallelujah. She was in church this morning. Hallelujah. Praise in the Lord. God can do everything and anything he wants to do. This young man got into a car accident. He was kind of living a wild life. He got into a a car accident they rushed him to the hospital he had his ear was totally severed but his father was a praying man his father was a believing man his father believed in Facebook he sought the face of God and he believed what the book said hallelujah and so he went into that place into that hospital and he took a, he took the a, 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 a cassette tape back then they were cassettes do you remember that how many remember cassettes you guys are old you guys are old Hallelujah. My daughters, the, uh, uh, when they were little, uh, they, they actually went into one of my dressers and they saw these um, albums. Remember the albums? How many remember albums? They were big. And they were like, Daddy, what are those things? I was like, wow, I'm getting old, right? And he took a cassette player and he took an earphone and he put it in the other ear, the ear that was good, and he pumped the Word of God into his son's ear week after week after week. The doctor said he would never make it, and if he came out of a coma, he'd be a vegetable for the rest of his life, but God had something else for this young man, and as the Word was being pumped into his heart, as he began to hear the will of the Father, as he began to hear the promises of God, every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we can believe for great things. Come on, somebody, because we serve a great God. God. Eye is not seen, nor ear is heard, nor is entered into the heart of man. What God is preparing for those who love him. And after a while, this man, this young man began to believe. And he, he got, came out of the coma. And today, he's fine. He's walking around. He's healed by the power of God. God can do anything. Come on, somebody. Say amen. God is a great God. He's a mighty God. He's a healing God. And he's willing. Hallelujah. Why is he willing? Because it's his heart. The second reason why Jesus healed the sick was to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 53, hundreds of years before Jesus came. One of the reasons why I believe the Bible is so powerful is because it's powerful in its continuity, it's powerful in its prophetic utterances and its accuracy. And 500 years before Jesus ever came on the scene, Isaiah prophesied and he said these words, surely he took upon himself, he took our infirmities, our sicknesses and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for 
our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we were healed. Hallelujah. I thank God that Jesus came down to earth and he declared to the, to the world, this is the will of my Father. And when he healed the sick, he was showing everyone that God loved them and that God wants to heal them. But then he went and died on an old rugged cross and when he, when he stretched out his hands uh, and they pierced his hands and his feet, when they whipped him, when they placed that crown of thorns on his head, and when he cried out to the Father, 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 forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he cried out, it is finished. He was taken upon himself the sins of the world. He was taken upon himself the punishment that brought us peace was upon him so that by his wounds we are healed. In the Old Testament, the word for, for healed is rafa. It means to be completely healed, body, soul, and spirit. So not only did he take the punishment of our sin upon himself, but he also took our sickness. He carried it upon himself. So if he carried it, why are you carrying it? Somebody say amen. If he carried our sickness, why are we carrying it? He said he bore it. And, and Matthew, I love this. Matthew now is watching Jesus heal the sick. Matthew chapter 8, verse 15. It's all in that, it's all in that chapter, the power chapter of authority. Matthew 18, 8, 8, verse 15. And the Bible says, when evening came, you know, I like, I like what it says right before that as well. It says that, that, that Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and Peter loved his mother-in-law. Don't you love your mother-in-law? Don't you? Everybody that loves their mother-in-law, just raise your hand right now. Now, if you're lying, are there any mother-in-laws in the house? Is there anybody with their mother-in-law here? If you're, you're with your mother-in-law and you love her, stand up. We want to give you applause. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. And the Bible says that Jesus prayed for Peter's mother. Immediately she got up and began to serve. And then after that, the Bible says, when evening came, Jesus prayed for all that were sick and demon-possessed, and he healed them all in fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah gave 500 years before that he carried our sins and he carried our infirmities. Wow. So Matthew was watching this and he's saying, this is the fulfillment. He is the Messiah. And this is the fulfillment of what Isaiah said. And when, they were, when he was healing the sick, he said, this is in fulfillment what Isaiah said. He took our infirmities. He took our sickness. He carried it upon himself. Wow. Awesome. Peter goes on to say, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. Not we are healed. You see, Isaiah said we are. Peter said we have been healed. It's already in the atonement. Glory to God. Jesus already did it on the cross for us. He took the punishment of sin. And as a result of that, he gave us the right as children of God to come to Abba Father, Daddy God, and say, I need a healing in my body, and God will do it for us. Why? Because Jesus bore the penalty of sin in his own body. That word there is sozoed. We were healed. The word in the Greek is sozo. The same word in Hebrew is rafa, to be wholly healed completely, body, soul, and spirit. Come on, somebody say amen. Jesus healed the sick because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus healed the sick because he was moved with compassion. You see, Mark, he catches something that Matthew doesn't catch. You know, this story is in several Gospels in the Bible. 
And here's why I believe that you so often see different authors, you know, different people writing different parts of the gospel and the same story. If you read the same stories, you catch a little bit here and you catch a little bit here. Why? Because they were eyewitnesses. And when you're an eyewitness of an event, you see what means something to you that just really catches your eye. And Mark catches something that Matthew doesn't catch. Mark sees something that no one else can see. The Bible says that leper fell at the feet of Jesus and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. And Mark sees that Jesus is moved with compassion. He could see it on his face. He could see it in his demeanor. He could see it how as he reaches out to this man. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion and he reached out and healed this young man. Friend, let me tell you something. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still moved with compassion. Hallelujah. He still loves you and I. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus. I have loved you with a love that is everlasting. Jesus is the same compassionate God that he was in the 2,000 years ago in the New Testament. Therefore, if he's still the same and he still is moved with compassion, the one thing you could see all through the Gospels is is that Jesus, he always reacted out of compassion. He saw the crowds that were hungry. And the Bible says, moved with compassion, he provided bread for them. He saw the people that were harassed by the enemy. And it says, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion and he delivered them and cast out the demons. And here he is moved by compassion and he cries out to this man and he says, yes, I am willing to make you whole. Jesus healed the sick because the truth is he doesn't play favorites. He's no respecter of persons. If he loved those in the New Testament, he loves us the same way. Now, I have to be honest with you, we play favorites. I don't have any favorites when it comes to my daughters. I love them exactly the same. Why is that funny? You're in trouble when you get home, bro. But the truth of the matter is we have favorite people we like. And here's the deal. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm just going to be, I'm going to really be honest. God likes some people more than he likes other people. I should be honest. He gets along with some people better than he gets along with other people. But God loves everyone the same. Hallelujah. See, here's the truth. I might get along with some people better because they just listen more. You know, I told my daughters. You know, every once in a while, my, my daughters pull out that card, you know. Well, she's your favorite. And you know what I tell them? I say, no, she's not my favorite. I love everyone exactly the same. But listen to me. If I tell her to do something, and she says, yes, daddy, and I don't get into an argument with her, it just looks like she's my favorite. Because why? Because we're having a nice conversation. But when I ask you to do something, and you give me an attitude... And now I got to give you something other than an attitude. You might think she's my favorite, but we're just getting along a whole lot better, you know. There's a lot more peace going on here. And friends, I want to tell you something. God loves everyone the same. His love is infinite. 
You can't get God to stop loving you. God will love you when you're good and God will love you when you're bad because God is a God of love and His love is unconditional. He's no respecter of persons and when He healed one, He'll heal another. Why? Because He all loves us the same. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He might not always like you, but He loves you. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're still the funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. And God may not always like you, but man, He loves you. Glory to God. Thank God for the love of God in our lives. So he doesn't play favorites. Look what it says. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits, and with the word, Jesus, just say the word. Jesus today, just say the word. Jesus today, just whisper in the ears of someone and let them know that you want to do a miracle in their life. And with a word, it says, he healed them all. Everybody say all. It doesn't say he left some sick. It doesn't say he played favorites. The Bible says he healed them all. Say that with me. He healed them all. So I believe it's God's will to heal you today. I believe it's God's will to perform a miracle in your life. And you can receive that miracle today. But how do you receive a miracle from God? How do you receive the miracle of healing in your life? You receive, number one, you receive the miracle of healing the same way you receive salvation. And how did you receive eternal life? You received it through faith. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. It is a gift of God. And friend, if eternal life is a gift from God, then healing is a gift from God. Why? Because with eternal life comes divine healing. It's in the atonement. And so you can't work for your healing. You can't pray more for your healing. You can't do anything other than to do one thing. Receive your healing. Believe and receive. Receive it as a free gift. Number two, I want to encourage you that as you're praying for healing in your body, to keep on asking and keep standing for your miracle if it doesn't come instantly. Now I believe that God can heal instantly. That's a miracle. But I also believe that healing is a process. It can be a process in our lives. And the truth is, as God's Word gets into your heart, and God's Word begins to touch your heart and your life, and you begin to stand on God's Word, and maybe you begin to stand on God's Word for the little miracles. God will do more miracles because you'll be able to believe a little bit more for those great miracles. I'm, I'm, I'm actually um, really amazed at how God deals with people in the Bible. And there's one story that kind of amazes me because this man comes to Jesus and, and, and it's not blind Bartimaeus who's crying out for a healing. Well, it's another blind man and, and, and the blind man says, Jesus, please, I want to see. And Jesus touches him. And then Jesus says, now open your eyes. What do you see? And Jesus said, I see men that look like trees. He couldn't see clearly. And I'm thinking to myself, was it that Jesus didn't eat his Wheaties that day? I'm thinking to myself, was Jesus, you know, was he not filled with enough power to heal this man? No, not at all. I believe this man had to operate in faith, progressive faith, progressive faith, so that he can get his miracle. And so I would encourage you to stand on God's Word. And don't be moved by what you see. Believe God's Word. Choose today to believe God's Word over your sickness. 
Choose to believe God's word over your symptoms. Choose to believe what God's word says about you. And then solicit others to pray for you. See, I, I really believe with all my heart that there's power when people gather together in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in our midst. Where two or three are gathered in his name, agreeing upon anything, it shall be done. And friends, I want you to know we need each other. Listen what James says. James chapter 5, verse 13, as the worship team begins to come. If any one of you are in trouble, he should pray. If anyone is happy, let him sing songs of praise. If anyone is sick, he should call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. There's no power in the, in the oil. There's power in the prayer of faith. And listen to me, there's power in corporate prayer. There's power when two or three gather together and agree in prayer. Why? Because let me tell you, when you get a bad report from the doctor and the enemy is coming against you and you feel like, you know what, God's not going to give you the miracle, then you can get on the phone and call somebody up and say, man, I'm wavering in my faith and I need somebody to stand with me. I need somebody to believe for me. And you know what, when you're down, somebody will pick you up. Come on, somebody. A three-fold cord is not easily broken. And so we need to gather around and pray one for another and support one another. And so we should call for the elders of the church and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise him up. And listen to this, and if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. See, because the last thing you need to do, I believe with all my heart, is get rid of the junk in your life. Get rid of the junk in your life so that God's anointing can flow in your life. See, I'm convinced that one of, one of the greatest things that keep us from receiving from God is unforgiveness and bitterness in our life. You know, the Bible says, therefore, confess your sins, your junk, to one another, that you might be, listen to me, that you might be sozoed, that you might be healed and restored. That's why I believe in Celebrate Recovery. That's why I believe in divorce care and grief share. That's why I believe in small groups. Because there's power in humility. There's power in being honest and transparent. You might be transparent today and say, you know what? I need a miracle in my life, but I'm bitter. I'm hurt. Pastor Steve, my husband left me. My wife left me. Somebody hurt me in the church. The pastor hurt me in the church. And I can't get over this bitterness. Let me tell you something. Nothing will stop the flow of God's anointing in your life faster than bitterness and unforgiveness. Why? Because Jesus said, forgive us, Father as we forgive those who trespass against us. And if you don't have the mercy and forgiveness of God in your life, then you can't receive from God. It's the favor of God. It's the mercy and forgiveness of God that floods our soul by the grace of God that brings to us the gifts of God. Friends, we need to get rid of our junk. We need to get rid of our bitterness and our unforgiveness. Anything that blocks the flow of grace in our life. The leper cried out, Lord, curious. You have all authority and power in heaven and earth. And I believe that you can heal me. Lord, 
You can heal me if you're willing. And Jesus cries back to him, I am willing. And Jesus is crying back to you today. He's saying, I am willing to touch you. I am willing to restore you. I am willing to deliver you. I am willing to touch you. I am willing to minister to you. Why? Because my love is unconditional. I'm no respecter of persons. I've come to do the will of the Father and to reveal it to you that you might be healed, sozoed, made whole. I am willing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now, God, that your anointing would come in this place, that your presence would flow in this room, God. Lord, I know that you're here in all of your miracle-working power, God. And Lord, it's not the messenger, but it's the message that heals the sick, God. Lord, there's no power in my hands, God. Lord, there's no power in my life. There's no power in the hands of those that are going to pray, God. The power is in you, Father God. Lord, you are the Lord of glory. You are the God who can heal the sick and raise the dead. And Lord, it's our faith, Lord, connecting with one another, Father God. It's our faith in you, Father God, that brings the miracle, Father. And so we ask you today by your, your holy, holy, holy spirit, that you would make Jesus real to us today. That you would give us a revelation of the power of God. That you would give us a revelation of the will of Jesus. That Jesus not only can do it, but Jesus wants to do it. And I thank you today, God, that as we gather together, we're going to believe you for miracles of healing in the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that I'm right with God. I don't know if I died and I stood before God, if, if God would let me into heaven. And, and I need to know for sure today that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I'm not living for God, but today I want to start living for God. I want God to write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I want to leave this place with an assurance that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I want to get right with God. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you right now. All across this room. Would you raise your hand? I see that little hand. God bless. I see all these little hands today. That's awesome. Others, yes. Others that are here today, you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God today. I want Jesus to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. I want to be forgiven. I want to get right with God. Just raise your hands right now. Anybody else? You say, Pastor, I'm away from God. I haven't been serving God. But today I want to come back to God. I want you to raise your hands. Anybody else? Quickly. I want you to stand to your feet. Everybody in this place, would you just stand to your feet right now? And I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to ask your neighbor this question. I want you to say, if you died today, are you sure that you'd go to heaven? Listen. And if they say, I'm not sure, say, you know what? We'll go together. And we'll start this journey together. We'll ask Jesus to be the Lord of our life. And so I want you to ask that question. Now listen, if they say no, and you say, let's go, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come up to one of these workers. And I want them to pray for you and give you the information you need to get right with God. If you're a little kid, that's wonderful. If you're a child, that's awesome. We want you to come out as well. So right now, I want you to move out of your seat. If you want to give your life to Jesus and come right up here, we want to pray for you. Come on, come on, come on. Just move out of your seat and come and get prayed for and give your life to Jesus. Anybody in this room? I saw a lot of hands raised. Just come up and let Jesus touch you. Come on, come on, come on. You'll start coming in a moment. 
If you know that you know that you need to get right with God today, you just get out of your seat right now. Say, I'm, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I need to give my life to Jesus. You come right now. Quickly, quickly, move, quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Anybody else that needs to come, you come right now. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. We love children. We love when children give their lives to Jesus. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Now, how many of you in this room, you say, you know what? I need a miracle. I need a miracle of healing in my body. I want you to raise your hand. I need a miracle. Or I know somebody that needs a heal, a healing miracle in their body. I want, you to, I want you to raise your hands right now. Well, how many of you believe today that there's enough of God in this room to provide a miracle of healing? Amen? Now, I want us to believe. I want us to believe. I want us to believe that when we pray, something's going to happen. God's going to touch you. God's going to minister to you. God's going to do a work of healing in your body. And I want you to stand on God's word. And when you leave this place, I want you to keep on standing on God's word. Not on what you feel, but what, what God's word says. Because if the healing doesn't come instantaneously, it will come. If you believe that this is what God's word says, and I'm going to receive it. I'm going to stand on God's word, and I'm going to receive it. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to begin to worship the Lord right now. Everyone together, I'm not going to want you to move yet. I'm going to want you to just raise your hands and say, Jesus, give me a renewed revelation of who you are. Come on, raise your hands and say, God, come on, God, Holy Spirit, reveal to me right now the authority of Jesus. Lord, make him real in my life. Show me that he's willing. Show me that he can. And show me that he wants to. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, worship him with me. Hallelujah. Come on, worship him with me. Thank you, Jesus. I believe you're, you're my healer. And I, I believe you are all I need. Come on, raise your hands and sing. I believe. Thank you, God. I believe you're my portion. And I believe, I believe, God, you're more than enough for me. You're more than enough, God. More than enough, God. More than Jesus, enough, God. Jesus, you're all I need. You're all that we need, Jesus. Come on. Sing it with us. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus, into this place Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Lord, and touch people's lives today, God. Lord, we ask, oh God, 
that you would heal broken hearts, God, that you would heal broken lives, God. Lord, that you would begin to do a new work, God. Now, here's, here's the first call today. Here's the first altar call today. If you're here today and you've got a broken heart, I just feel like today. And let me tell you, every service is so different. Every service has been so different. But I believe today that somebody has a broken heart. Somebody has bitterness and unforgiveness. You can't get over the hurt. And God wants to heal your emotions today. God wants to heal your broken heart today. God wants to restore you, refine you, repair you. God wants to make you whole, body, soul, and spirit. You know what? Sometimes, listen to me, physical ailments are the result of a broken heart. I didn't say this in the first service, the second service, but I'm going to tell you, physical ailments so often are the result of a broken heart. The Proverbs tell us that a broken heart causes physical ailments. And so you're here today, you just need your heart to be healed. I want you to get out of your, your seat and say, God, heal my heart, heal my heart. I want you to come and find one of these prayer warriors and they're going to pray for you that God heals your broken heart. Somebody in this room, you've got a relationship that just needs to be repaired. And you know that that relationship so much is the key to blessing in your life. You know that that relationship is the key, that restoration the forgiveness that needs to flow is the key of restoration in your life. I want you to get out of your seat right now and come. Somebody's going to pray for you right now. Somebody's going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Didn't do this in the first service. This is the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. Come on, let go. I want you to let go of bitterness. I want you to let go of that hurt and that pain. Don't hold on to it. Don't hold on to it. You know what? Sometimes the healing, it's a process in your life. The healing of, of letting go. The healing of, of forgiveness. But instantaneously, you need to make a decision to forgive. Instant you need to say, I let go. I release today that bitterness in my heart. I release today that I let that person go. God, heal my heart today. Heal my broken heart today. God begins to heal. God begins to heal. God begins to heal. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, begin to work in this place. Maybe you're here today. And you need healing in your body. You need a physical healing in your body. The God that, that, that saved you is the God that wants to heal you. The God that loved you is the God that wants to wrap his arms around you and say, I am willing. I am willing to heal you. And so I want you to get out of your seat and make, I want you to make a line right up the middle. Right up the middle. And we'll just kind of guide you. Because I know a lot of people are going to respond to this. Just go ahead and make a line in the middle. And we're going to pray for you. We're going we're gonna to pray blessing over you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just one touch of your holy Come on, everybody. Hands. Come on, everybody. Raise your hands. Just one word of your holy 
Just one glimpse of your glory And I am whole I am Just one touch, just one touch of your holy hands, just one word of your holy lips, just one glimpse of your Hallelujah. 